Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Twitch in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. This is, in fact, very likely, almost certainly, the last DM Prep show for my Eberron second morning campaign because the conclusion of the campaign is happening in 45 minutes? No, it's 10.15. It's happening in... No, if it's happening in 45 minutes, I'd be in trouble. It's happening in an hour and 45 minutes. So uh, this show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. You can become a patron of Sly Flourish by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and joining up. Uh, those who join get access to a bunch of exclusive content, but most of all, they get to help make shows like this possible. They help pay for equipment and bandwidth and server storage and all the various odds and ends that I need in order to keep shows like this going. So for the patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you very much for your support. So we are in the final, today is the final session that they have uh, in this campaign, giving the, the five, I don't know how many seconds, 30 second campaign summary. The characters have been trying to stop various groups from building the weapon of mourning, the weapon that caused the mourning. Uh, a bunch of groups are, are trying to make the weapon of second mourning. They spent a good deal of time in a bunch of intrigue and sharn, uh, mostly trying to thwart a villain named Leto Skull. Uh, they eventually managed to rout Leto Skull from Sharn, chased him across Corvair, and ended up in the Mornland uh, in a city called Making, and particularly in a massive con con construct, a massive um, uh, facility in the center of Making called Clawrift. Uh, Claw Rift, if you imagine, is like a giant magical version of Chernobyl. It was once a massive source of power that has since exploded and is now pouring raw radiant energy up into the sky. And its explosion is what caused the morning. Uh, the Leto Skull having been, uh, his own plot having been thwarted, Leto Skull ended up returning to his original, uh, his original masters, who were the daughters of Sorakel. The daughters of Sorakel are... Uh, three hags that rule over the monstrous nation of the Droam. Uh, he and the daughters, actually simulacrums of the daughters, made their way to making in a giant floating, uh, giant floating ziggurat, uh, earthmote ziggurat. They then brought a huge Eberron, a huge kyber crystal, massive kyber crystal, down into the center of Claw Rift. Uh, and began a ritual down there to create the next weapon. The characters have been making their way through Claw Rift. They, they went up to the Ziggurat, found a portal in the Ziggurat, killed one of the simulacrums of the daughters, uh, Sora Terasa, and then uh, are making their way through Claw Rift, have made their way through Claw Rift, and have kicked in the final door, and the ritual is there in front of them. And that is where the game uh, is beginning. To start with, uh, we are going to... I need a drink. <coughs> Too much talking. I don't know how that's going to help. So we're going to start by taking a look at our notes from last week. So this is the 24th, a Sunday game. We're going to take a look at like how one of the questions that has come up is how do um, uh, how oh, it's taking a while. Well, it's taking a while. I'm going to clear my throat again. Dry throat. I'll have to cut that out. So uh, one of the one of the things that uh, people have asked for is actually going over the notes that I have done from last week and seeing how they played out when we ran them. So to start with, uh, I had a to-do item, which is I wanted to make sure all the players were aware that at the end of the next session, we're going to do a one-year-later montage. This is how I, I love ending sessions this way. I love ending campaigns this way. 
they've completed whatever they completed. We get out and then one year later, where are their characters? What have they done? And some of the best stories that happen in a campaign happen in this part of it. So it's a wonderful way to end a campaign. I'll probably do a whole show on, on just the one year later montage. Probably a whole thing about ending campaigns. And boy, I'm ending a lot. I've ended three campaigns within like five weeks of each other, four, four weeks of each other. So the strong start, uh, we had the wall collapsing, the characters finding themselves in a three-way fight between the Lord of Blades and Drum. That was a lot of fun. And, and it was like the wall collapsed and a troll like landed in there. The characters are there. Basically, there was a secret, there was a, a wall that had been uh, 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 like walled off and a troll fell through the wall through the secret hall that the characters are navigating. And there's like this troll and they got involved in a great big fight. Bunch of trolls, bunch of Lord of Blades guys. Uh, they probably the most dangerous creature was a fireball or it was a, uh, a Medusa mage who was hurling cones of cold, really beat up the characters pretty good. They had just taken a short rest, had a big fight, and then felt like they had to take another short rest right away. So scary, scary stuff. Good, strong fight. Took a good long time. Probably an hour and a half of the game, of a three-hour game, was this one battle. Uh, then after that, they met Cavella. Uh, uh, Cavella is the sister of Leto Skull. She uh, kind of told the characters a lot about what was going on, told them about the ritual, told them about the Gateway of Worlds, uh, and then she left. Uh, they then navigated their way. Let's see. We'll bring up the map uh, of Claw Rift. Uh, I should open that in the new window. So the bottom floor of Claw, yeah. So uh, they made their way through the decrepit elevator. They rested in the Goblin Artificer's lab and then made their way to the ruined lift and then headed down here, traveled through these, the various gateways, saw a bunch of creepy stuff and then ended up kicking the door to this final chamber here, uh, which is the the altar, the you know, the, 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 the gateway of worlds. Uh, so she she basically explained all of this stuff and gave them gave them that opportunity to do it. So that worked out really well. Uh, and then yeah, so the the scenes that didn't take place, they didn't they they just got to the gateway worlds. But then this this is really the rest of it. The the funny thing is for today's game, I really don't need to have another prep set of prep notes because I mean maybe I I don't know if I will. I don't know if I'll bother. We'll take a look because like they're in the final battle, so there's not like a lot of secrets left. So we may just go over the notes from last week and use those for today because I don't think I need much more. Weird that. So, uh, yeah, and so they leave the making of Mornland. They, uh, you know, th this is what I'm going to do, right? Is they the, the battle of the Gateway of Worlds, right? The, the battle of the Gateway of Worlds. It could be a huge fight. This is going to be a two-hour battle easily uh, and lots of phases coming in, right? So secrets and clues. Scar is one of the daughters of the guardians and uh, one of the daughter's guardians. Yes, the Scar is a uh, personal villain of um, Saber, uh, one of the other characters. So that one did take place. Lady Omara hopes to convince Shift to capture the weapon in Morning and bring it. No, and I want to keep that secret around. So, uh, so I'm going to keep that secret hanging on. The Lord of Blades likewise hopes to capture the weapon in order to make a nation of Warforged, a nation for the Warforged. That, did that come out? Uh, I don't know. And I don't know how I'm gonna bring the Lord of Blades in now. It's po potentially for another wave. We'll see. But that, that one I don't think really came out. The daughters sent uh, simulacrum of themselves to Clover if they never put themselves to such risk. Yes, that was, that was, that secret presented itself. So how did it present itself? It presented itself when they killed one of them and they turned it to snow and ice and fell down in a big pile of snow and ice. And went, what the hell? And then they did a bunch of arcana checks and realized, oh, that's how simulacrum works, right? And like a player knew it right away because they're smart. But they were like, oh, is that, is that, you know, 
And they went, is that a simulacrum? And they went, of course it's a simulacrum. And sometimes you have to beat them about the head and shoulders and explain why. And I said, you recognize that before you had heard that the daughter, it was really shocking that the daughters would have sent themselves here because they don't put themselves in that kind of danger. It turns out they didn't. They sent simulacrums. They don't care that the simulacrums are destroyed. So sometimes you have to explain like why it matters. And they go, ah, uh, Leto's skull hasn't been invaded by a quarry and hopes to use this as an excuse for his actions. That has not come up yet. Leto and Cavella were both drawn here by the daughters of Sorakel against their will. That did come up when, Le when that came up when Cavella told them so. The portal at the center of Clarift is a shattered gateway to many planes of existence. Now it's just raw energy pouring out of the world. Yes, that did come up. Uh, the gateway of worlds is older than even the Droam. No one knows uh, who originally built it. Yes, they learned that from mosaics on the wall. Like the, the walls kept peeling back and they saw like, well, these these drawings are from Galifar, right? This is pre-Sire. This is from Galifar. But we break that down and we have Dakani ones that are here for tens of thousands of years. But you break that down and there's like cave paintings here about the gate. They, this gate is older than this whole place, older than any known civilization that's been here before. The gateway is hundreds of thousands of years old. So that's how they discovered that one. Uh, Lack wants the characters to use the key found in the, in, to shift the gateway to Dalcor and then throw him in. They did not learn that yet. The daughters of Sorakel are attempting to pull a living wish into existence and encapsulate it uh, in its raw form. It is pure entropy. They did not learn that yet. The daughters want the weapon as leverage to become the ratified nation under the Treaty of Thronehold. They, I, I think they already know that, but um, uh, that will probably come up again. So, uh, so you can tell, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. So of the 11 secrets I had, five of them were revealed and then six of them were not. That is kind of par for the course that like, generally speaking, when I come up with 10 secrets, uh, half of them get revealed in a session, uh, which is perfectly fine. Recall that we typically don't, I, I typically don't go back and, 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 and reuse secrets. Like I'll, I'll probably reuse secrets, but I write them over again every time. You see me do it in every other show where I just start fresh with secrets. I probably won't with this time because again, it's the last, it's the last one. So we'll see how that goes. <clears throat> Coffee. Uh, Fantastic locations is easy because it's Claw Rift. The one thing I will say is that I do have a, uh, let's see if I, which window I can bring it up in. Can I bring it up in the other one? Go to Albear Rodeo, start game, start. Go to my maps. Do, 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 do. And we have, uh, yeah, so this, uh, let's see, we'll go to the full screen mode. We'll drop the tool. Uh, this is my Albear Rodeo map of the final battle. All right, we can zoom in and you can see uh, there's, I got all, oh my God, do I have a ton of different people here. Here's the party, uh, that we can actually change the, whoops. Uh, I have a different icon now for, that is the, uh, whoops. Delete that one. Uh, this is the little um, uh, gun for the artificer. Chi has uh, Chi's artificer cannon looks like a pink flamingo, so that's that's Chi's pink 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 flamingo. So those are the characters. This is the chamber. It's huge. There's tons and tons and tons of people here. The 
to fight. It's going to be a big fight. But they're not all immediately combatants, right? So every um, every altar, there are four altars that are controlling the energy that they're trying to channel into the weapon. The weapon is right here. Uh, in fact, we will draw a... Uh, a circle and we'll make a big yellow circle and we'll draw it right in the center. Boom. That is the energy pouring out. Uh, in that energy is a kyber crystal. We will do a dark violet to show that there is a kyber crystal in there. Uh, energy is pouring out there. Uh, and then there is also a, we'll do a, a little one here, uh, probably right up north is the canister, right? <clears throat> so, uh, so that is what the final battle, oh, I keep clicking the wrong button. Uh, that's what the final battle is going to look like. Uh, so what is it, what, what is going on here? That's a big, that's a big question. Let's, let's finish the notes and then we'll talk about what the, what the, what the hell is going to happen in the final battle, which is going to be Gonzo. Um, so we have all of our NPCs. They met Cavella. She's gone. Uh, uh, Raze never came up. Raze was a uh, goblin artificer. I thought that'd be kind of fun. Broadsword is the head of the... Um, she is the head of the Lord of Blades, uh, the Lord of Blades' group that's here. And I don't know if she's going to come into play. I don't, I don't think so, because it's, it's just too complicated. Lido Skull is here. Soracatra is here. Soramania is here. We also have Valentine. Uh... Valentine Flame Touch is here, and Scar is here. We got a lot of people in this room. A lot of different stat blocks too, which is gonna make life very complicated. Not worried so much about the monster benchmark because um, uh, because we already know that it's like it's like 110 CR. <laughs> it's a ridiculously big problem. Uh, and then there is a bunch of magic items. Even though they're in the final battle, it's always nice to drop some magic items on people. So, so we have that going on. Uh, so I'm going to actually put 24 slash 31 since uh, we're basically going to just double up on these notes. Um, but as always, we should do a quick review of the characters. So let's take a look who the characters are. We have Zarentir Delander, uh, dragon-marked member of House uh, Lirindar, uh, airship pilot who keeps blowing up his airships. And uh, I was really hoping not to just be a, uh, um, you know, be the kid from The Graduate. Uh, we have Saber, who is a long-tooth uh, shifter monk bounty hunter, uh, whose uh, rival, um, Scar, is here in this final battle. Uh, we have Shift, the first Warforged ever made, uh, who is uh, a warlock with her her patron is Lady Elmaro. Lady Elmaro should certainly show up during this fight. That's something I, I really want to have happen. And maybe I need to make a list of things that should absolutely happen. Maybe that'd be useful. Uh, I have Shane Husk, notable author, uh, who wrote about the previous, wrote about the Mornland before. Uh, Banner, who is the... Um, Warforged uh, follower of the Becoming God, uh, Paladin of the Becoming God, and Arwen Chi Sizu, uh, the uh, the Artificer, uh, Dragonmark member of House Civis. 
So those are the characters today. They are 11th level uh, and they are, and we are in the final battle. So those are the characters. We've now reviewed the characters. Um, so I guess, you know, uh, uh, we could say like things, this is mostly, like I'm kind of modifying the notes from last time, but we could do like a, uh, Things that should happen. I don't know why this went away. Windows are popping up. Uh, so we want Lady Omaro should show up to ask um, Shift one last time to take the weapon and return to... Um, the Emerald Claw. Uh, we know we want Lack should uh, get um, Shane Husk to open the portal to Dalcor and throw him in. Uh, Lido should turn into a quarry that fights to keep, to permanently open the portal to Dalcor. Um, what else should happen? Any other things that, like, from a player perspective? Oh, uh, uh, Saber should kill Scar. Um, or defeat. He can choose to kill him or not. Um, other, other like major things that like major things that need some, some conclusion here. Uh, I don't know. That, like, uh, let's, let's just scan down here. Oh yeah. Uh, the characters should return to uh, uh, Valis, is it? Is it Valis? I forget the name of, uh, um, let's go back to my NPCs. Let's take a look. Uh, the new name for the train, uh, who I forget. Yeah, Valis, V-A-L-I-S. Yeah, I was right. That was, that was close. I just spelled it wrong. Uh, they should return to Valis. Well, work, Valis. Uh, the character should return to Valis and see the Bodak passengers. Uh, that was a fun event. They They ran into these, like, wanderers in the outer hills of the glass plateau and they were all cowled and hunched over and they were kind of giving them crap and one of them looked at him and they almost fell over dead and they're like oh my god those are bodaks there's a whole pack of bodaks wandering around here they're nice they're not hostile but they're bodaks nonetheless and so the idea that they get back on the thing and they look at the passenger car and it's like hey a bunch of bodak passengers right i think that'd be awesome so i'm going to have that happen uh and we definitely want to have the one year later montage 
And that's up to the players. Like, I don't drive that. I think somebody asked about, like, do any of the secrets have to do with the one year later? They don't because I don't control the one year later. It is almost purely player driven. They decide what happens. Maybe I'll throw in little tidbits here and there. But generally speaking, they run They run with it. Uh, it, is not, it is not something that... Uh, uh, it's not something that I do. Uh, any other, do you have a book that details your process in detail? As a matter of fact, I do. It's called Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. Uh, can somebody, would somebody be so co- so bold as to paste the link to Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master? Um, but that's what we're talking about. Yep. Uh, any other, um, I think everybody thinks it's funny. It's like, yeah, why am I doing this for? It's right here, right? Boom, return Lazy Dungeon Master. Not a problem. But yes, this book is probably why I'm known by anybody. That's why it's funny. It's because what else else, else has Mike ever done besides that? You know, so why worries? Um, Time for some more coffee. Thank you, Evil John. Uh, so what else? Is there anything else? I think that's it. Like, I, I think Lady Amara, Lord of Blades, I don't really, you know, if the Lord of Blades never showed up. That'd be fine. I don't know if anybody would ask, like, hey, what happened to Lord of Blades people? You just have a collapse and they disappear. Um, so I think that that's kind of like the big things that should happen in this, in this game. So now let's talk about the other really tricky bit. Uh, which is how this battle, like what's going on in this battle? Um, as a DM, how much have I enjoyed this campaign? Tremendously. Uh, I'm, I'm actually very sad, uh, to have it end. Uh, I loved this campaign dearly and I think I love it more because it was homebrew, which of course is probably an experience that almost every other DM experience or all the DMs that run their own homebrew campaigns feel the same way. They love their own campaign. I love the story. I love when I look back at the characters and I look back at like the events and the situations and the, and you know, all the stuff. I just, I love every part of it. I don't know. I don't look back and say like, there was any part of it that I, that I didn't really like, or I didn't think worked out well. Like players responding, like when we said like, what were your favorite parts? People, you know, my other game, they, they, um, you know, why, why did they, which parts do they like? They bring up stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, I love that too. So Coleman says, why are you stopping then? Um, if you are, you know, if it's so great. And it's because like, well, it's a, it's the right time. Like this is the big conclusion to the, the story. It's the conclusion that the whole campaign is centered around. They're, they're there. It's like, you know, everything has led to this moment. So then like you could do it, but it's sort of like season five of Babylon five. It's like, you already did everything right. And now you're like, oh, should we go some more? And I don't think it'll work out well. And the other reason is it's getting high level and I, and high level games just aren't nearly as much fun for me to run. So like, I, I wouldn't mind it. I've thought about it. Like, Hey, wouldn't it be great to run this, you know, longer? And they could have a whole thing with the draw and maybe they bring in the Lords of dust and, you know, you could sort of really get into the rest of Eberron and who knows, I'm not discounting that, but I, I do feel like, you know, this is a good conclusion to it. And I would like to run Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So I only have so much time. Um, so I think, you know, different circumstances, uh, different things would happen. But right now, I think it's time. So that's why. But I am sad about that, you know? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Scipio says, season five of Babylon 5, deep cut. Yep. All right. People know what I'm talking about. It's like, hey, the event's over. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was season five, right? Uh, 
Only so much time. Yeah. And it's just, I want to run new things. I know that like for me, one year campaigns are, are good. Like those, those feel right to me. You know, they, they feel good. Everybody's kind of got it. And then let's, let's have another story, right? There's so many stories to tell. Why stick with just one, especially if you don't have one. Like I don't have a story that goes beyond this. So, so here we are. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the battle itself. So we have a few things going on in here. And a lot of it is like, what's the situation uh, that's happening? So, and some of it is kind of fuzzy. So, so Leto brought the book of Sor or the book of Kulseer, this very powerful book of ancient, powerful magic drawn from the Droam and the dragons of Arganesson and the giants, right? And all of these magics are together and they're conducting this super powerful ritual. Uh, there are pages from the book. The book has been broken up into pieces. And pages from the book are floating above these altars at the four, uh, the, the four sides of this giant circular chamber. Uh, each chamber has a spellcaster of some sort and a guardian for the spellcaster. Uh, in this case, it is like Leto, Skull, um, uh, Leto, Skull, a war troll and secretly his bodyguard valentine valentine flame touched uh, who is a spell casting she's a lamia assassin i keep changing what she can do but i think she'll be an lamia assassin right now because i love assassins uh up here for example we have a medusa mage working on it being protected by um scar the uh, evil monk then you have the two daughters of Sora Kel. This is uh, Sora Mania here and Sora Ketra here. Sora Ketra is flying around the room. She's really she's got a like wings of the wings of or yeah yeah wings of flying or whatever. So she can fly around the room. She also has a staff of power. Uh, she uh, Sora Mania has a really powerful hammer that can banish people. She's probably the most dangerous person in the room. Uh, then two other altars on the other sides, and that's uh, each one has a mage. And a war troll, uh, Medusa mage and a war troll. They're probably not going to come into play unless the characters bring them into play. Uh, so the ritual, uh, all four of them are conducting the ritual simultaneously. And if any of the rituals get disrupted, uh, energy starts to transfer to the other ones. And if it and it can over it can overblow it and and kill the mages that are working on it if they're not careful. Uh, so what's happening is all of these are sort of opening up chambers to different worlds at the same time, bringing all the energy from these different worlds into this central shattered pillar, uh, which is channeled into the Kyber crystal. And then that is then pulling an entity out of these worlds into the weapon, which is a large brass capped glass uh, canister. And the, 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 the weapon itself is going to be a living wish spell. It's a, an, a sentient wish spell. And if you can control it, and if you break it out, you can it not only will do a, a, the equivalent of a wish, it could just keep doing wishes like constantly, right? And if you can channel it, you can make it do it, but it's its own entity. So who knows what it wishes for? The reality is that the thing that they're channeling is actually entropy. Uh, and entropy in this is a uh, an actual creature. It is the... Um, the stat block I'm using for it. Uh, where did it go? There we go. Uh, the, the stat block for it. Uh, that's what entropy looks like. That's what the living wish looks like when you pull it out of the, the, you know, the, the space between worlds. Uh, and the stat block for it is a CR 23 
stat block for the leader of the slods, your your uh, your girl. There's no pronunciation for that. Uh, your girl, the Lord of Entropy, who's hideously, hideously powerful, right? See, at a CR 23, way more powerful than most CR 23 monsters. Um, it has a, it does a pair of scythe attacks and it can do a scythe attack as a legendary action. So five scythe attacks and the scythe attacks do 37 points of damage. And if it does, if it drops you to zero, you, you die as though you're disintegrated, right? So, and, and that's like three hits, right? Three hits will kill just about anybody and disintegrate you. There's no drop to zero. So that's what makes that really dangerous is like people drop to zero all the time. They aren't disintegrated when it knocks you out. So that, think about that as five. So it does three attack. I can do two with a scythe and an entropic touch, but it can do two scythe attacks on its round. And then it does one as a legendary action. So it can do up to five around, which will, you know, if it focuses its fire, it's going to kill. It literally will just be destroying people. Entropic touch does necrotic damage and, uh, and exhausts them. And, and exhaustion can be really, really bad. Um, I'll probably just beep up the necrotic damage on this and not do exhaust. Well, we'll see what it does. Because this is mostly a flavorful monster. And when I bring this thing out, uh, it is mostly a flavorful uh, monster, not a actual thing I expect in the fight. If this thing breaks free, it's just going to start killing everybody in the room, whether it's Daughters of Sorakel or Leto Skull or whatever. Um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy everything. Um... Uh, so, uh, do I want to have a, uh, you know what I might want to do? It's like, let's, let's download this. Can I just download it? Where's the down download? And we're going to go, we're going to make a token. Uh, so token maker, I Google token, token stamp. If you've never used token stamp, token stamp is awesome. Uh, we choose an image. We go to downloads. We pick up the. Picture this guy, we expand it way big because I like to do headshots for my tokens. And we, um, we can change the border tint here, make it something kind of grim and there we go. That's good. And then you hit download, boop. And then you go to Albear and we bring up our little token thing and we go boop. And we say upload, and we upload a token, and we have a new token. And this guy is the size four. We're gonna make him very large. So now when I need it, I can go boom and say there is a huge, you know, being of entropy floating around murdering people. So I've got that token handy. I love Alba Rodeo for stuff like that, so easy. Um, I guess I could do three, you know, but it's it's probably size huge, right? Whatever, I'll t I can change it. Um, so I guess the, the big question that comes up is like, so what can the characters do in this fight? Like, what are they gonna do, right? And so one of them is like, there's lots of stuff to fight. They hate Leto's skull. Uh, I know that at this point, um, Lack will probably tell uh, Lack will probably tell Shane, do not let Leto's ritual fail um, because Leto um, because Leto is the one that's opening the realm to Dalcor. And so Leto must be the last one to fail 
is what you know, and and you know, Lido's Lido should you know, Lido's ritual should not fail according to Lack. Now they can say like, well, screw it. So then maybe they say, okay, well, you know, you can stop the ritual of the other three. Uh, you can stop the ritual of the other three, and that will that will draw energy to Lido. You also have these guys that are going to try to stop you from doing anything, and that's all the guardians and stuff like that. Um, so they so fighting them. As the rituals start to go bad, energy will be channeled around. Entropy will be closer to being drawn out, and um, and and you know bolts of energy are going to start killing people. But so the general idea is well, fight everything in the room, and then decide how you're going to deal with, um, you know, how you're going to deal with the rituals. Like what order are you going to break them in? And you know we'll have to have sort of different. Uh, so I think like. One question I've got that I probably need to answer uh, is what, um, let's go to our fantastic locations here. Uh, we need the portals, right? And which portals? So starting at the 12 o'clock position and going clockwise, uh, we want, um, let's go to our Eberron campaign book because I always forget the name. Eberron has its own, um, Eberron has its own planes of existence. So we have to pay attention to which planes uh, we're actually going to describe. <laughs> planes of existence. Staring right in the face. Uh, so we could have uh, the perfect order would be pretty interesting. Fernia is probably one. So a perfect order might be an interesting one. Well, we'll do Fernia. Uh, does that have a name? Devani. Danvi. Uh, it could be more interesting to, to have them, like, so what if the fire one actually wasn't the fire one? but was tied to the realm that uh, uh, Saber is most connected to, uh, where the shifters are. Uh, so that, would that be Twilight Forest? Yeah, so Twilight uh, Laminia, the Twilight Forest would be a good one. So we'll have that one be, uh, whoops. Uh, perfect Order could be one. Um, and then are there anyone's other, uh, the endless night? Is that where undead are? Uh, so Mabar could be, it's possible that, um, Mabar is where, um, uh, Lady Omaro, uh, calls, sh uh, shift through that portal. Like she's got a portal connection through Mabar. That would be pretty cool. Uh, and then we have Delcor. Uh, do we like Devani? Let's take a look at the other ones. Um, it might be, might be more fun. Rissia, Plain of Ice, the Battleground. Fiends and Celestials. That one's, that one's pretty badass. Azure Sky, Fairy Court. 
Zoriat. Um, the battleground would be pretty cool. So, a plane of war, ravage and conflict that will never end since the dawn of time. Armies of fiends and celestials have fought one another in Savath. Uh, the eternal battleground is a microcosm of struggles between good and evil. Uh, it sounds like Avernus, kind of. Uh, so we're going to get rid of Devani and put... Oh, why does this not work? And put uh, the battleground. And that way you can have fiends and stuff show up, like maybe a pit fiend kind of, you know, war, war-torn war pit fiend sort of reaches out. So you have these portals that are being opened. They're all channeling energy into the central portal. Uh, that looks like it would be pretty good. So what else? So does that, I, I, you know, from a player perspective, this is important. Oh, by the way, there's a giant black pudding uh, making its way down the hallway uh, from another portal. So they have to uh, get into this chamber and get into a scrape because the black pudding is going to slowly make its way and, and start eating people. Um, that's a good way to keep people from not fighting in a doorway. Like you have to actually go in here. Uh, also, the the central, this central uh, uh, thing right here um, is a uh, river of, of the runoff. So it's a uh, uh, and it does. So what's the damage per? Let's go pull up lazy DM workbook. So what challenge is that roughly? Probably challenge ten. So it's pretty high. Um, so we want to see how much damage is done to you when you go in that. Uh, it is dangerous. Is it deadly? I think we'll go with dangerous and say it inflicts 22 points of damage uh, if you go into it. Um, or does it make, and so that's 22. If you go into the beam in the center, that's 55, right? So uh, 22 points. Uh, 22 points of damage if you start in the, if you, if you um, enter or start in the river. Um, the radiant beam, uh, is 55 force damage and disintegrates. So you don't want to go in there. That'd be very bad. But if you can throw someone in there, you can do 55 damage to them and disintegrate them. So lots of hazards, right? Lots of things going on. Um, and you know, lots of room to kind of improvise the situation, which is cool. Um, so from a player perspective, is there enough direction of like what to do here? Like if I describe that to you, right? So you, this is, this is for the, for the people in chat today, by the way, thank you all for coming. Um, if I say you enter the chamber, here are all these different people. Here's the rituals that they're conducting. The, the central column, uh, you know, big central pillar of energy pouring out of it. Uh, it, it, it the energy is, is channeled by a huge, um, kyber crystal. Yeah, there's a lot of people in here. I mean, like I said, it's like a two-hour fight. Now, recognizing the fact that not everybody's a combatant, right? Like there's the people doing the rituals and the people guarding the people doing the rituals that are on the eastern and southern sides of this chamber are not going to be getting into the fight unless the fight is brought to them. Um, and they may just get disintegrated by terrible things while this is going on. Um, first instinct would definitely be to unalive the characters at the portals. Yeah, and doing so for, yeah, right. Um, I don't know where that green 
somebody put green stuff on my map. Uh, I did show this one. Um, oh no, man, it erased all my stuff. Oh, that's a bummer. I got to do it all again. Um, boop. Uh, I don't know why I did that. Boop. And then the black one. Boop. And then the black puddings. Black puddings. Boop, 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 boop. Black puddings are coming down. Uh, I think that was all I needed in here. So that wasn't so bad. Um... So yeah, it's a lot of things. It's I mean, it's a great big boss fight, right? And it, it is like I counted it up, and it's like 150 challenge ratings worth of monsters. It'll be fine. Uh, but great big fight. Uh, I might go with lair action and drop one adversary. Uh, oh, you mean? Well, I don't know who I could drop. The, the thing is, like everybody there is kind of important, right? Because they're they're named NPCs that are in, that that have closure with them. So. You know, I have to have, um, I have to have uh, uh, Scar. I have to have Leto Skull. I have to have the daughters. I have to have Valentine. Like they're not, you know, yeah. I'm not doing them there. Just it's because it's the final battle. Now the Medusa mages and stuff like that, like they don't need to be there. But you need to have like a spellcaster at each one. And Medusa mages are, are, but like the Medusa mage isn't going to be doing anything on her turn unless she's attacked. Like this one probably won't. Like. The people that are actually fighting, it is. It is like 150 CR. Uh, the people who are actually doing the fighting are are like these five people here, right? Uh, but if they're attacked, these guys can use essentially a bonus action to keep the spell going and then cast their own spells. Um, so... Yeah, so that's a good... Uh, Eva John brings up a good point, which is like on initiative count 20 something should happen that gives players a clue as to what's going on and what they should do. Um, here's the funny bit. I don't even know what they should do. And I guess that's where I get, that's where I get complicated. So like, what would they, what would happen if the characters didn't show up? And it would be that essentially on, an, uh, so on each time on initiative count 20, they're drawing more and more of entropy. If they, if everything was going smooth, all four portals would be stable they would be, uh, they would draw entropy out of these worlds and then uh, capture it in the canister. And it would probably take about, you know, three to five rounds to do so. If the portals get free, entropy is going to break free and not go into the canister. And now entropy is wandering around, right? Um, so... Yeah, I think that that's that's probably a good one. In fact, one thing I ought to do, I think I did this already, but let's take a let's 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 take a look. Was that uh, I think I already have a um uh so we can do uh, uh we can add another uh to um the ritual and I think it's dash P 20 uh, Avre. Let's take a look at Avre. Um, 
I think it's P20. Uh, if anybody in the chat would like to be awesome and check out Avre's commands for doing initiative and, and say, how do you add a combatant to add a specific place in initiative? I'm 90% sure it is P20. Um, but look at that initiative list. Like that is a crazy big initiative list. Um, I know I can just go, uh, I can test it out. Well, I'll do it later. I think that's right. So, yeah, we got a lot of lot of people. Yeah, so it's a great big fight, but that's okay. I mean, like you want your giant big fight, right? Like it's it's literally like that. There is no strong start. Like, roll for initiative is a strong start, right? Because the 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 ritual is going on, so they're going to learn a lot of things while it's happening. The end game is that the portal of worlds is destroyed, or the bad guys operating it. Uh, the the the. So what's the end game, right? So the end game is they close the portal. They shatter the crystal. They, they disrupt the rituals. And in doing so, they shatter the crystal and close the portal. And hopefully entropy is not free. Uh, excellent. Col Coleman confirmed that it is dash P20. So P20 is where th that's when the ritual uh, uh, works. Should it be at 20 or at 1? Should it be at the bottom of the initiative? Have it like, the you know, they come in and everything goes on and then bang. I, th I think... We're going to do it at, at zero, right? It'll be the end of every round. Uh, should be init add 20. No, you still need to have the, this is, you still have to put the bonus in. I'm pretty sure. It works either way. Um, I think, yeah. But but yeah, I think, uh, Coleman, I think, I think if you do dash P, if you do uh, init add 20, the name, then dash P, uh, I think it still uses that 20 as their initiative modifier. I'm pretty sure you have to say P space 20 because I've done it before. I think that's correct. But yeah, zero would put them at the end of the, uh, theoretically, unless somebody else gets a zero. Um, dash P doesn't take any argument. Responding to position. Uh, well, well, we'll try it. I could just do it both ways, right? That should work. You might be right. I thought for sure I had to put a number and, and set it at I think, but whatever. Um, so that's what would happen if they weren't there. Then if they are there, what happens? They disrupt the rituals. The energy gets channeled to the other gateways, which then draws bad energy out and hurts them. They take damage and die. Uh, and if entropy gets pulled out and the gates are closed, entropy is now free in the world, and that's a real problem. Uh, if... Um, so what, they'll have to figure out a way to get entropy back in or stop it before entropy gets free. Um, but then you also have other characters like, um, um, you have other characters like the, uh, uh, you have other characters like Lack who are asking the players to, um, do other things like use, you know, keep the gateway to Dalcor open. And that might be permanent. So there's, gonna, there's a lot of different things. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to wing some of this because there's so many story elements that could take place. But the main thing is portals are opening. Portals are channeling energy into the central one. That's opening a massive portal where they are pulling out entropy. They're going to try to trap entropy into a big canister and then they'll have the next weapon in the morning. That's kind of the, the general description. So I think at some point we're just going to have to see how it goes. Um, so what else? Is there any other aspect? I mean, how I, I feel pretty good. I have run the battle before and it went fine. So we'll see. Um, is there anything else? I've got my nice list. 
Uh, I should I should turn this into uh, uh, checklists so that I can check them off as they happen. Um, is there anything else? I think I think that's pretty good. So I think we will call today's show over. Uh, I'm excited. It's the big conclusion. Um, yeah, and like I said, so so like what happens after that? They have to after they. Uh, you know, leave making and return to Valis. Right? We'll have like a quick, like, you know, many adventures take place while you're exiting making and making, but we'll kind of hand wave some of what goes on and then they get to the train and they end up back. And then they end up at the city of Metrol. And then it's from Metrol where they... Um, and then make their way out of the Mornland. Uh, they could end up at, um, go to the town of Salvation, right? That's better, I like that better than, because Salvation, some people know what Salvation is. And then from there they can make their way, they can make their way out. This story will also be told. Uh, so, yeah. So I think we're good. Uh, I want to thank everybody today for coming. Uh, I'm excited. So next, probably next Saturday, I'm hoping, uh, I will do a campaign recap where we'll talk about what happened. Uh, I'll give my overall thoughts on the campaign and how it played out, and we'll do all that. And then Sunday, I will not be doing a show. So maybe it'll be next Sunday. I'm not sure when it'll be. Keep an eye on it. Subscribe to the show figure out what's going on. But uh, next Saturday or Sunday, I'll do a recap because I'm not going to be running a game for this group on next Sunday because I'm going to be at doing Winter Fantasy games online. Uh, the week after that, two weeks from now, will be our session one of Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So we will talk about what happens there. So I want to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, always appreciate having people in chat. This is always fantastic. I, I really love doing these shows. And I want to thank everybody for, for, for supporting it. Um, thanks to those of you listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube. And uh, I will see all of you guys in a week and get out there and play some D&D. &D. Have a great day.